Hey everyone, welcome to Material. We're at Google all the way down, hosted on the Relay FM network. This show is brought to you by Warby Parker. I'm your host, Yasmin Evian, and with me we have pizza extraordinaire Andy Anako and koala hugging man Russell Ivanovich. Hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> koala hugging man. Have you ever tried to hug a koala? Just out no. of interest. Not recommended. They have giant, giant claws for climbing trees and things. And they. Uh, I think. Sorry, Andy. No, no, go ahead. Complete your thought. No, no, I was going to say, you know, they, they have these giant claws coming out. They look very friendly, but I tell you what, they're oblivious. If, if they go to hug you, they will hug you like they're climbing a tree, and it, it hurts, let me tell you. <laughs> I've tried it. What is love without pain? You've tried. Russell. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, Ben, yes. I, I tell you what, next time you come to Australia, don't hug a koala at a zoo because generally they'll have their claws uh, trimmed. Go and hug a wild koala. I, uh, I highly recommend it. Oh, man. You don't want to get a koala that's worn out. <laughs> that's right. You want to get a fresh one. You don't want to get all that. There's tourist, tourist germs all over it. Ew. Not since the days of British colonialism did they just simply have stacks of them. You could just grab one on your way in. <laughs> Welcome to Australia, mate. Here's your koala. Move along. Let me make sure you get fully outfitted with a big pile of Australian stereotypes. Now, this is a digitaroo. <laughs> Here is your big hat with one half of it folded over. Andrew Adotko, and you will now be Andrew Smithy, and uh, welcome. And we have welcome. some shrimp on the barbie. Call me Bruce. That's like the only <laughs> other stereotype I know. I don't know. <laughs> Terrible. I've never actually met an Australian who cooks shrimp well, on the barbie. Well, I, I think that means you're not really an Australian. <laughs> <laughs> must be. He must be. Hmm. Is, is, is there still a prevailingly positive or neutral attitude towards Paul Hogan? Oh, that is an interesting one. I, I feel like as the uh, the years have gone on, it's gone back to being positive. There there was a period there where it was uh, quite down. I don't. Yeah, it's it's an interesting story. The uh, Paul Hogan story. Well, it's it's it seems it seems like you're trying not to share a secret <laughs> shame of, of of your culture. I don't know what you're talking about. Paul who? What? Okay. <laughs> I mean, we you know we 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 have our celebrity uh, skeletons in our closet as well. These the the ones that we try not to speak of. I think they're not well, really skeletons. They're we, still we alive. If you want to, if you want to talk about skeletons, we have the Mel Gibson. He's he's probably much more embarrassing than Paul Hogan. Like, Paul Hogan is funny. Let let's get into a bit of Australian history. He went through a period where he was famous for being unemployed and uh, standing in unemployed lines. And the media the media ate that up. Look, oh, Crocodile Dundee star now doesn't have a cent to his name. And for some reason, that was an amazing story. <laughs> I, all, I, all I know about him pre-Crocodile Dun- Dundee is that he used to play the shovels. <laughs> that, that, was his big, that was his big vaudeville act, trying to play the shovels and then throwing the shovels away and insulting the judges of whatever talent contest he was a part of. <laughs> and, of course, uh, that's not a knife. This is a knife, for some reason, in a British accent. No idea why. <laughs> Is that, is that a secret shame? Is he a pommy bastard? <laughs> did I use that terminology correctly? Oh, I think you did. Although I oh. think that's still technically offensive in Australia. We have all these um, these racist terms that were big in the 50s that were highly, highly oh. racist. And now all these different races have adopted them as their own. So, you know, you can be called a pommy or, you know, all sorts of other words. And it's apparently fine now. It's all good. I, I, thought, I thought that just meant someone from in Australia who was actually British. Yeah, well, it does, but it used to have uh, negative connotations. I think. Oh, got it. Okay. As much as we just, love it, our overlords that you've since overthrown, <laughs> are here, uh, we're we're still governed by them. So I'm not allowed to say mean things about them on the radio. That's uh, one of our laws. I, I like to think that as much as the, they spent centuries subjugating 
innocent cultures and stealing their antiquities and their culture and bringing them back to uh, the British Museum and then refusing to give them back. If that was just the prelude to side B of Abbey Road, if that's what they had to get through to produce the four people and the engineers and producers who created side B of Abbey Road, I'm not saying it was worth it. I'm just saying that it's not as though there was no upside to it. And and don't forget the wonders of uh, English breakfast and Earl Grey. Can't get enough of those two. Well, baked beans for breakfast. The first time I went to England, I realized <laughs> that they'll give you a whole plate full of stuff and none of them is an English muffin. That's That was a good thing for me. They did look, they did look at me funny because, of course, it came with tea, but I also got a, a bottle of Coke with it. Oh, for breakfast. Mm. I'm not in support of that, Andy. What, what's what's the problem? <laughs> See, I, I I never I never understood that. What what look look at all the junk that's inside coffee. Okay, <laughs> this is Coke is a, a is a delivery system for caffeine, for sugar, and for the things that basically turn your turn the brain chemical valve from let's do nothing but be inert to. Okay, let's see if we can't get something accomplished, too. I, I think that's an okay. As a delivery mechanism for phosphoric acid. See, I drink my coffee black. So I guess I don't put all the sugar so in So basically, it. you say you like the coffee, but not the joyous aspect of it. <laughs> I like to just drain all the fun bits <laughs> oh, out. <it's... laughs> I have a brother like that. He eats um, 95% chocolate. He's like, I've had 100% chocolate. It's amazing. I'm like, you mean cocoa? You just eat cocoa? Like, I don't understand. Why is that amazing? And if it's not Puyo Coco, how can it be 100%? Well, what else is in there? Yeah. It's a, it's yeah, a we, confusing rabbit hole. You don't want to go there, Yasmin. <laughs> so we got a pretty exciting update on Android Wear this week. We now have interactive watch faces, which are pretty awesome. And on the Android blog, they had showcased uh, some of the examples of watch faces that people had created for instance, you have Bits, which is made by us two, which if you didn't know, is actually the creators of Monument Valley. Um, actually, the history between us two is that they're actually not really a game development studio or solely a game development studio. They're actually like a digital agency, and that's just kind of one of their side projects. So the more you know, <laughs> that history is not made up. <laughs> that one, That one's true. <laughs> Um, so they actually like already have some pretty awesome, uh, watch faces, Android watch faces on the, on the store. And they're pretty fun because it's really, they're like experimenting with time and what time means to you. And like, there's one watch face that they have that tells you, you know, the weather, like upcoming weather. And so it's just kind of like, okay, what's your, you know, the, what's the weather going to be like or upcoming meetings and just something that would be more relative to you rather than just telling you the time. But their newest uh, watch face, it's called Bits. And so you have all these little circles that you can select. I think some of them are like stock, uh, time, missed email, or upcoming appointments. There's even a time zone. So if you work with someone um, over, you know, somewhere else in the world and you need to know what time it is over there, you can put that on there. And, as, and when you click on it, it expands. You click on the complication and it expands and it gives you more information. For instance, the calendar app, you click on it like if it's 50 minutes until your next appointment, you can find out what that appointment actually is. So it gives you more information on the watch face without having to get your phone out, which is pretty cool. And another one that's actually really neat, and it's not an additional watch face you have to install, it comes pre-installed with Android Wear, is the Together app. And so what Together is, it allows you to send images, stickers, emojis, doodles, you can send doodles on there, just kind of like the Apple Watch, to your Android Wear, Wear friends. And that's, that's pretty much what people do <laughs> send on the Apple Watch, judging by the, uh, the time I, uh, I... I got my Apple Watch, um, this is a while ago now, when it first came out, 
and every single person I handed it to, the second I handed it to them, someone would send me a doodle. And uh, the the literal meaning of the word, not the... Uh, the was, it, was it shaped like a body part? <laughs> yep. Was it a butt? <laughs> oh, I got a few of those too. I definitely got a there few of those. There you go. <laughs> I, I, I decided that there are usually three things that people will send naughtily to their friends. If I could say the word butt, and that would be the politest thing that I could use. You, you can imagine the other two. Yeah, I, I, lo- I love these interactive faces. I mean, that's... Um, I, I'm wrapping, hopefully wrapping up, like wearing uh, Apple Watch every day for uh, like two or three months, and then maybe I can then go back to uh, from my iPhone to my Android phone at full time. And really, this sort of thing teaches me why I think that right now Android Wear just has more on the ball than than Apple Watch. This idea that it's going to the the basic atom of Android Wear is you. Wear it like a watch. You look at the face to get a piece of information. You put it back down again. And now they've created this system so that what if what if we were to simply put useful information integrated into the dial that keeps updated? And part of it is also going to be a control surface. So if you've designated for yourself that it's really, really important for me to get access to my calendar with one tap from anywhere, or the most important thing is these little minute molecular inter, uh, interactions with my wife or my husband uh, every single day, you can have that sort of stuff happening all the time. You never have to launch anything. You don't give, you do a voice command. It's just there in front of you. Anything that a watch designer can do to limit the amount of interaction that you have to do with a smartwatch to get anything useful out of it is for me. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, the the one, the one thing I'm disappointed with, and going to have to get a little bit on my. Uh, do you guys have the saying "high horse"? Do you get on a pedestal? Do you get on some phone books or something? But. Um, the, the the one thing is I get this message from Yasmin. She's like, "Oh, this cool new Android Wear features come out. You know, can we can we test it before <laughs> the show?" I'm like, "Yeah, that sounds exciting." So I, I read the blog post. I got all excited. Um, I grabbed my LG watch. I went to the software update, and it's like, "Oh, no software update for you." And it's in every Google rollout. What they do is they tend to do a stage rollout. So they'll roll it out over the course of a week. So you know, maybe five percent of people will get it on day one, and then another ten percent on day two. And I think that's great from an engineering perspective. You know, you iron out all the bugs and you make sure no one gets a dud version. But from, you know, like a marketing and a hype point of view, if your friends get all excited, they're like, install this. And you're like, oh, I can't install that. When are you going to be able to install it? I don't know. Like sometime later this week. I wonder if that's something that needs to be revised, at least for Android Wear. Like it feels like if you have a watch platform like that that's really consumer-facing and you're going to tell people about all these features... Have them available on day one. You know, I had to wait like three days before I could send a doodle to Yasmin. (laughs) And those were two very long days for me. I was like, who can I test this with? You know, I reached out to all my uh, Android Wear friends and like everyone's like, no, not yet. And I was like, oh, come on. I want to test this out. I I think you're onto something there, Russell. I I always like the idea that to put the the Android Wear watch into developer mode, uh, you expose like the version number and then you tap it seven times in a row and then number five it says okay tap it two more times i'll put you in developer mode because i I love the thinking behind that that that's not something you would discover by accident and there's no menu saying would you like to go into developer mode it's completely hidden but the whoever designed this operating system understood that okay well if someone has discovered 
tap the version number seven times. They've actually looked for instructions on how to get into developer mode. Why are we going to make their life difficult and force them to hard dock it by wire to a laptop and open up some sort of terminal program? If they really wanted that, this is clearly someone who's, who's established intent. And I would love if there was some way to do that to force an update. Say, okay, not only did somebody, like, was someone so interested in getting this new feature uh, immediately, first of all, if they're that interested, they don't hate this product. They're excited about our new features. These are the people we want to have it in their hands first because they're really anticipating it. But also, this person actually had to Google for this. They had to look for to find out what the code was. And then there they are, like with their uh, screen to their laptop, uh, keeping one eye on that, another eye on the watch face. And then we have to go tap 12-6-12-6-6-12-6-12-6-6 to the rhythm of Yankee Doodle went to town. And by the time you get called it macaroni... Okay, we will put you at number one in the queue, and you'll be the next person to download it. I've got to tell you, if you go to the um, the subreddit for your favorite watch, so be it the Moto 360 or the LGR, there are a whole group of people convinced that they know the secret formula to get the... <laughs> the if you reset it three <laughs> times, and then on the third time, you wait three seconds, and obviously... None of this stuff works. You know, you have to wait till yeah. your device comes. It's like, it's like tapping the elevator button over and over again. <laughs> but there's a whole culture of people just, uh, yeah, obsessed about how do I get this update in time. And like you say, they're, they're people that know what they're doing. They're people that if something terrible happened to their watch, they they know how to reset it. Give give these people the updates, Google. That's that's all we ask. <laughs> I, I got to say though, with the the complications, Yasmin's that those little things, I, I I do find it interesting. You know, anyone who says that. Uh, these platforms don't borrow from each other quite often is, is yeah, I, I think a little bit diluted. You, you saw those things come to Apple Watch in a very limited way and now you have them on Android Wear, like in a much more expanded way. So on the Apple Watch, when you tap one of these little things, you get taken to uh, the actual app that's associated with it. The, the thing I like about Android Wear is you tap it and you get like a, you get a different view. You're not in a completely separate app. You're not uh, away from your, you know, from your watch face. You're still there, but you've got this, this nice view. I, I think the only thing that's missing is it would be nice if that was in more watch faces. In typical Google fashion, you know, they've launched it. There's one watch face with one layout that you get to choose from. It's like, well, this is nice, but I don't really like this watch face and I would just have to wait till, you know, developers adopt it and there's more. Yeah. One of the cool uh, watch faces that I've been playing with is uh, Weather Timeline uh, releases a, an Android Wear watch along with their, their Android app. Um, and it was actually used it today because it rained in Arizona. And I know that most of you guys don't think it actually rains in Arizona. We're in the desert and it's super hot here, but it actually rained today. And uh, I was looking at my watch. And so it's cool because the background color changes depending on what the weather is like outside. For instance, if it's raining, it's blue. If it's sunny, it's like yellow. Um, but if it's raining, it's blue. You click on it. You, t- or <laughs> you get your click. mouse out. Yeah. <laughs> you tap. <laughs> well, you get your mouse out and you click on it. <laughs> you tap on it and it tells you, you know, uh, rain for the next 20 minutes. And then you tap on it again and it tells you, uh, you know, the kind of the rest of the day rain for the next 20 minutes. And around four o'clock today, it will be overcast. And then that's that. And so, like, it gives you these, this cool snippet of information. Yeah. But it doesn't take you to the actual app. Um, so it kind of gives you that that information up hand and very quickly and easily something that you can just scan skim through instead of having to like immerse yourself into a different app. And one of the really neat things, um, and we tested this out, Russell, was the Together app. So the Together app is an like an app inside of your Android Wear watch, and it's also a watch face. Uh, but say for instance, you really for whatever reason didn't like the Together uh, watch face. 
you can still receive together messages. Uh, Russell and I were, as we, when he finally got the update, I, we were sending each other stuff and like we were figuring out how the together app worked. And he, you know, he sent me a picture and I, and it automatically like puts it as the background for the watch face. And it was like really cool. And then I was thinking, what happens if you don't have this watch face enabled? Like, or do you just never see this wonderful message that your friend sent you? And uh, so we were being both like curious people were like, let's test it out. <laughs> and so I, I took it off and I put a different watch face and then uh, Russell sent me something and I said, oh my goodness, I got a notification saying that you sent me this, you know, this image or emoji, whatever it was. And so I swipe left and I could see whatever you sent me. And then if I swipe left again, it gives me the option to set it as my watch face. And I go, wow, <laughs> Android actually did something yeah. right um, for <laughs> once. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the coolest thing, too. Just to have like a photo that was sent to you is now suddenly your watch face. I mean, that's, I, Apple made a big deal about how, and you can send your, heart, your real heartbeat to your partner at any given time. And it's like, okay, that's nice, but it's, <laughs> it's. I, I mean, I, I don't want to tell people how to do romance, but sometimes it's like, oh, God, he's, <laughs> he's sent me another damn paper crane. And I, I mean, it's sweet. But now it's just another damn thing that I'm not allowed to throw out because if if he if he sees it in the trash after it was on my on my on the pillow when I woke up and he went to work he's gonna get real oh, I just wish this way I could tell him please don't make these paper grains it's like uh, but these just incidental things I think that's a, a much cooler way of doing it but the 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 question is just gonna be do people continue to do it after like day four. Because my first week of having an Apple Watch was nothing but like friends sending me sketches and things like that, mostly just to see how it worked. And now I can't even remember the next, the last time that somebody tapped my wrist. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same. I, I you know, you two fingers down to send heartbeats, and you drew little doodles and things. And then a week later, you're like, it's just easier to get out my phone and just send someone an actual message like that. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. Don't get me wrong, the novelty was there. You know, it was fun or whatever. But trying to communicate with someone on a tiny little surface like that, uh, unless you're doing it for fun, it's really, really hard. Like I know Apple showed off, you know, I, I drew my friend a picture of a fish and that meant sushi and then we met for sushi. It's like, really? Yeah. Can you <laughs> yeah. just text your friend and say, let's go to sushi? I don't know. Let me a text message, but I, was, but I was in a meeting. I couldn't talk, so I wrote out, okay. <laughs> Which, and that demonstration came, what, like six minutes after saying, and when you get a text message, we'll automatically put up a button for responses like, okay. Like, okay, that's... <laughs> I'm I'm glad I'm I'm just glad you don't it doesn't require a little stylus, <laughs> the little pressure sensitive <laughs> stuff. Although I have to say, one of my friends who has the um the Apple Watch, he was drawing some amazing things, and I, I was quite jealous. I'm like, how do you do that? And he's like, well, I have to confess, I've been using a stylus. So it is a thing. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Apple Watch uh, artist. <laughs> yeah, that's on his resume now. I'm actually surprised that he found a stylus that was like small enough for it. But <laughs> just covers the whole screen. Just blob. How did you draw such a perfect circle every time? <laughs> so do you? I mean, do you, do you think these updates to Android Wear? Do you think that the the general populace is noticing? Because I mean, one of the big discrepancies is you have. You know, Android, there's more Android phones out in the world than there is iPhones. But it's pretty clear that despite none of the companies releasing sales numbers, that the the Apple Watch, sorry, has sold in much bigger numbers than Android Wear. Like, do you, do you think that that'll ever be a thing that reverses? Like, do updates like this help? I think, like, the Together app is a perfect example of, like, what people enjoy 
Um, I know you guys, you said that most people, you know, stop sending the heartbeats and all that, but that stuff is kind of like what sells, you know, you're, you're watching an ad, an Apple ad, and you're sending a heartbeat to your, your spouse or whatever. And you're like, I want to send my husband a heartbeat, you know, but I can't do that on Android Wear. Um, So I think small things like this just sell the story. But I think also the problem is, Android is and, and Google is not really good about marketing that those things, you know, like most people don't even know half of the features that they have on their phones or on their watches. Um, but I one interesting thing is like when they first announced Android Wear, they said Fossil was going to be a partner. And now Fossil makes uh, just dumb watches uh, already. And like they're I really actually love their their watch design. Um, and they were announced as one of the partners, but they hadn't come out with the watch. And they actually just announced with Intel that they're coming out with one, I believe, later this year. And so I think Fossil, you know, is not a tech company. They're a watch company. And so having people like that on board is probably going to help because if you go to the mall and you go into the Fossil store and you see an Android Wear watch, like you're more prone to say, what is that? That's pretty cool. And, you know, maybe get on board with that. I, th- I think it's I think it's simpler than that. I think that... Um... I don't think that the the software of Apple Watch, either the operating system or the third party apps that are that run it, are as sophisticated as Android Wear. Even despite the fact that Android Wear has been uh, even 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 taking into account that it has been around quite so long, I think what Apple really wanted to nail with the first release was to make it appeal to people who just want to buy a watch. That these to let's be really blunt about this, just for starters, that. Apple is the only company that's making a non-sexist smartwatch. They don't call the 38 millimeter the women's version or the 42 millimeter the man's version because, you know, you're free to be buy whatever you want. But it's the 38 millimeter version of it that does not look stupid on a woman's wrist. Uh, I love the Moto 360. I have, I have a bunch of female friends who actually wear the Moto 360, but they have to acknowledge that they're, they're making a certain consideration saying, I like it so much that I'm willing to have this thing that's way too big for my wrist. And that also, translates into how the device is manufactured, uh, how nice and stylish the, the bands you can get for it are, uh, how nice the display is, and how animations, transitions and animations are nice and smooth. The typography is really super on point. They have a brand new typeface that they're now applying to every Apple device that exists, but it was developed to, so it would be nice and clean and crisp on this little display. So although... I was actually doing a little bit of cleanup uh, uh, last night for the first time in months after installing. Just you know, having you have a phone, so you keep installing apps, and of course, if it has a, a watch component, it's going to appear in that big constellation of circles. And so, for the first time, I just went through this big editing process of removing every app that I never use. Uh, and in the process, I decided to do a little experiment. Took a screenshot and said, "Okay, so that's just the ones I'm left with that I'm that I'm using." Now let's remove the ones that I never launch. I just use them because they're, they're the way they interact with the with the phone app. And then coming down to well, a couple more experiments like that, and then down to okay, how about just the functions that I love about this, the things that justify the expense of this. And the weird thing is, I don't know whether this is a expression about how I use a smartwatch or how Apple has implemented it. I'm down to maybe 11 icons, and most of them are just watch slash timepiece sort of functions. Uh, and I think that's, that really is it. People, a lot of people do have $350 to $400 to spend on a watch. And if they buy an Apple Watch just as a watch, they're going to enjoy it. It's a beautiful piece of technology. With Android Wear, 
uh, I do think the Moto 360 is the most beautiful uh, Android Wear watch you can buy right now. I'm I'm really excited about what p- appears to be the ver- the new version they're going to be uh, showing off in the releasing next week. Uh, but you have to buy this as a gadget, and you buy it because you appreciate everything that Android Wear is going to do for you. If this were just in a glass case of wristwatches, it maybe isn't the one that your eyes would gravitate to. You'd you'd, you'd put that Apple Watch on your wrist first. But yeah, it, it I mean it is it is embarrassing. The, the best the best estimates I've seen so far are about a little under four million Apple Watches sold, and I still see numbers just under a million for uh, Android Wear. Every manufacturer, every category since the beginning of Android Wear. So clearly, <laughs> they've got some problems to address. Well, yeah, and I, <clears throat> I, I do think um, anyone who says that you know Apple stuff sells just because of marketing is wrong. But th- there is a massive part to getting that right. You know, building the yeah. user ant- anticipation, telling the story, uh, getting up there with just you know two choices. You've got the thirty-eight millimeter, you've got the forty-two millimeter, and just. Just nailing that, you know, building building the the demand for it, and then bang, here's the release day. You know, you can pre-order the the watch gets shipped. There's all that excitement, you know, around it. Whereas Android Wear was very much, oh, here's some watches. We have some watches now. You can order the LG one. Uh, you can get the Samsung one, and in, in two weeks' time, you can get the Moto 360 in three months' time. And it, it was a very sort of like bang, 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 bang. Like put these things out there. There was never. There was no no demand for it beforehand. It wasn't like we we've made this brand new platform, and in one month's time. You know, you'll be able to order it and here's all the things you'll be able to do and get, you know, people excited about it. It was more like, no, here's the first version. It's out. It's it's not that great if we're we're being honest. And uh, the next versions will be better. You're like, oh, well, thank thank you, Google, uh, I guess. I'll, I'll wait for version two then. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it's, it just goes from top to bottom. I, I, I think I damaged my Moto 360 because it's been in the charger like and almost never being removed from the charger now like all summer. I've, I've taken it out a couple of times to install like Android Wear updates and just to do A-B comparisons. And I noticed that there must be some sort of element inside the charger that generates more heat than the rest because now there's this slightly discolored dot, like kind of which, <laughs> kind of where the calendar window would be on a mechanical watch. And it doesn't ruin it, but it reminds me that this is not, this is something that Apple is really, really good at, making sure it doesn't do stuff like that. I mean, t- 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 today, today there's a amusing story. If you don't own uh, a new <laughs> new Galaxy Note five, uh, that if you put the pen in uh, backwards, then the clip gets like like fish hooked into a component inside the chamber that the uh, that the pen stays in, and you can't pull it out without breaking something that's kind of important. Uh, and uh, I was on uh, uh, Mac Break today with uh, Leo Laporte, and Leo was just had happened to have a Note Five. He was just showing. He wasn't trying to just demonstrate oh, how this, this is, thing would happen. It's a very happen. Leary thing, isn't it? He put it in backwards, didn't he? <laughs> no, no and, and and here's and here's the weird thing. Like I, I, I of course had read about it. I haven't tried it. I, had, I haven't tried to break the, the Note Five yet. But I'd read about. It, I assumed that oh well, you know, if maybe you feel some resistance, you feel like you just got it, so you push it in and then you break it. He was like he he thought that he would be able to simply like. Without any force whatsoever, just sort of with his fingertips, slide it in, then slide it out again to show what he was talking about. But just with the slightest force, and now it's cooked in there, and he can't get it out, and he's <laughs> making plans to go to the AT&T store. And isn't this the sort of stuff that drives you batty about how Android devices uh, are, are created? Because you feel like, at some point, didn't somebody at Samsung decide, why don't we just try putting the pen in backwards and see what happens? 
<laughs> and maybe they actually <laughs> discovered that problem and said, well, we really can't delay anything right now. We're just going to have to be ready to fix a lot of phones. But man, you've just, you've just spent $900 on this not budget phone. It's a premium phone. And within two days, doing something that you really are sure that they should have anticipated you're doing, you've just, in some sense, broken it. And that's not an experience you get with Apple's, uh, Apple stuff. I, I don't, I don't think Apple is a, is a godlike company, but they make, if they were to make a pen, they would make sure you can't bork your entire device by putting it in backwards. <laughs> yeah. The, the other thing I love about, um, you know, Apple stuff is when they do make slight mistakes, they tend to be very small, you know, engineering mistakes and they're very good at, um, marketing around those you know the, the famous you're holding your phone wrong you know are you reducing your antenna signal no you're just you're not you're not doing it right you're holding it wrong and that was a very small uh you know problem that didn't actually affect the phone that much but the, the fact that they can get in front of it and control things like that, i haven't i don't think i've seen anything from samsung yet that's been like well you know there's some reason why you know no one's ever going to put it in upside down or something there's they're just i think they're just backing away in a corner and be like we we hope this goes away really soon as a uh, news story and we can continue to sell galaxy notes 5 the the 360 also has a manufacturing defect i don't know if you've seen that one andy where after a while the lugs will actually push on the back of the device and you get these tiny yeah. little cracks that just get bigger and bigger and bigger and every single 360 i've seen in the wild and i've seen about maybe 10 or 15 has those little cracks on the back you know they're not again it's not devastating the the thing still works but it's it's weird, you know, you turn around your $300 watch and there's cracks on the back. You're like, hmm, not great. <laughs> yeah, I, I keep checking my own watch to make sure that doesn't have that problem. Because remember, I, I was wearing it, I wore it every single day for like eight or nine months. And, but yeah, it doesn't that bum you out that this was, again, this was a $250 watch when it was bought new. And you just feel like, I, that's not a small amount of money for a watch. I, the, I, the fanciest, I only bought one fancy watch in my entire life and it cost me something like $300, maybe a little bit more than that. And I love it. But even that, I was like, my finger was like hovering over the buy it now button after two months of searching for a nice watch and deciding that I, yes, this is definitely the one I want still. God, 300 something dollars for a watch. <laughs> Crazy. Jesus, what's wrong with you, Andy? And boy, if, if it, if, if it had a problem like that after one year, I would feel like, well, let's remember the name Mondane and make sure we never buy anything made by that company ever again. <laughs> this episode of Material is brought to you by Warby Parker. Glasses should not cost as much as an iPhone or a high-end Android phone, but far too often they do. And this is where Warby Parker can help you. Warby Parker's prescription glasses start at $95, and this includes their lenses, their prescription lenses. And they're not the, these ugly looking designs for the prices either. Warber Parker, Parker believes that glasses should be viewed as a fashion accessory, just like a bag, a shoe, a necktie, a hat, maybe even an Android Wear watch. So you'll make sure to know that you're going to look, be looking good with these glasses. Come on, they're on your face all day. You should get something that's, that looks great on you and really you know, makes you feel confident. They also have a titanium collection that starts at $145, and this, of course, also includes their prescription lenses. The titanium collection features premium Japanese titanium and French non-rocking screws, but all of their glasses include anti-reflective and anti-glare coating. There is no additional cost for those. And all glasses include a hard case and cleaning cloth. There are no additional items you will need to purchase. Although those are all really awesome selling points, the best selling point is their home try-on experience. Okay, so they make this super simple for you. 
You can buy glasses online, easy and risk-free. So this is how it goes. Their home try-on allows you to order five pairs of glasses that will be shipped to you directly. You can order them from you know, your mobile device. You can be looking through all the different glasses, find five that you really liked, and then order them on your home try-on. And they'll ship them to you uh, free of cost, no charge to you. And the cool thing about their mobile site is that if you go pick a, go pick a pair that you really like, then scroll over to where it has the model with the glasses. And when you're on that section in the photo gallery, tilt your phone and you're gonna see the model uh, move from side to side so you can see all the different angles of how the glasses look. It is awesome and I would just encourage you to go on their site just for that. It is such a, a fun little thing to use. But the cool thing is after you picked out five that you like, you just get them shipped directly to you and then you can get feedback from friends, family and colleagues and even online uh, friends like I did with you. When I had, you know, Warby Parker sunglasses that I needed, that I wanted to get, I asked for your feedback and I valued it. So thank you so much listeners for helping me find a pair of sunglasses um, that, you know, I love to get in. And the best part is after you made a decision, you know, you're like, these are the ones I want. I'm gonna ship these home try-on kit back. You put them back in the box that they came on and you use their prepaid return shipping label with no obligation to purchase and you just put it back in the mailbox and boom, it arrives back at Warby Parker and it is so easy, you didn't even have to do anything. Then it's when you're happy and you place your order, Warby Parker will get started on them right away and have them in your hands within 10 business days. But they usually arrive a lot faster than that. Go to warbyparker.com forward slash material to choose your five free home try-on frames. Just choose your favorite pairs and then send the frames back in order. By visiting that URL, you will get free three-day shipping on your final frame choice. Warby Parker makes your experience completely risk-free with free shipping all around. And you'll also be contributing to a charitable cause, as for every pair of glasses sold, Warby Parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need. Thanks so much, Warby Parker, for sponsoring this show. Go to warbyparker.com forward slash material and let them know. Thank you, Warby Parker, for sponsoring Material Podcasts and all of Relay FM. We love you guys. And you can always expect that Warby Parker will not be sending you ads to your glasses. Unlike you, Samsung, <laughs> uh, Samsung is showing ads to devices. So, so we're completely giving up on Samsung as a sponsor. We've just, we've just basically we feel as though that ship has sailed and it's over the horizon. We may as well just okay. Yeah, it, it, it's hard to kick someone when they're they're fully upright and you know they're bigger than you. But once they fall over and they look a little bit frail, you know maybe maybe it's time to stick the boot in. That's that's all we're saying. <laughs> So they were reporting that they were getting these push notifications to different Samsung ads, and I, I and they were using not they weren't using Google's push notification uh, service. They were using a, a service called Samsung Push Service, and it comes pre-installed in Samsung devices. And you know they were you were supposed to be using this tool to kind of push uh, important information to their customers, but you know they took advantage of that. And if there's anything that you don't want, you already own, you know, a Samsung device and now they're trying to sell you on another, like, you know, that's why we have email newsletters and all that stuff that you can sell me to. Like my phone is sacred. Don't <laughs> send me push notifications. And, you know, it's, I think one of the things um, that always makes Apple users weary of like when they have a, an Android phone, they're going to, they're always make the, the joke of like, 
well, you know, Google, it's a, it's an ad company, so they're going to send you ads, uh, you know, the more they know about you. And so Samsung is actually doing that, which is just terrible. <laughs> I'm happy to say that uh, I bought the international version of the S6 and I haven't seen any of these yet. So I, I do wonder if it's limited to, to one sold on particular carriers or something like that, but it's still, it's a ter- terrible thing to be doing. I, I don't know who, you know, they obviously yeah. got a, a check for like X million dollars or whatever and they're like, yeah, this, this would be a good idea. But I don't know who, you know, okayed that. And it would have had to been built in there. And my my guess is the system was already there for things like you say, Yasmin, like if they wanted to inform you about, you know, important updates or, you know, your house is on fire or something. And they're like, hmm, we have this system. What else can we do with it? And you can just see see how that meeting went down in some room somewhere. <laughs> they're like, genius, promote this uh, this guy or girl. Let's do this thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, forget, I forget what uh, – there are a lot of very – calm and open-minded commentary <laughs> pieces in the in the android press about this today i i i forget where i read this but it was it's too good not to not to echo i'm sorry i can't credit it but saying that you know you, you might expect this from like htc or or or, or handset manufacturer that really needs money there there there's no subsidized coffee in the break room and basically the people are trying people are being asked to bring like firewood from home to keep the office heat that's that's how bad the situation is at some of these manufacturers but samsung is doing pretty good i mean as the number one android handset manufacturer in the entire world i think don't they also have the title of number one handset manufacturer running any operating system in the entire world aren't they i believe they're still ahead of I think they're still ahead of, of Apple. I could be wrong. It's you don't. Ex- there's a reason why you decide to go for a name brand phone like that. One of them is that you feel like you're not going to be victimized by crap like this. It's sort of like when the, Lenovo had the second strike in the in six months. Of okay, so first of all, budget laptops have have uh, adware spyware built into it that can be easily hijacked by manufacturers of malware. Okay, strike one, but maybe I'm a, I'm, I, I try to see, you try to see the best in people and you're saying, well, there's, they're, they're trying to get this price point as low as possible. So, okay, that's still wrong, but at least I understand how that argument went down. And now even with like the good Lenovo laptops, there is a, another thing where they're, they're tying into Windows, Windows update mechanism to make sure that they can basically put their own code with escalated privileges whenever they want, wherever they want. Also creating vulnerabilities, <laughs> and you're like, oh, Lenovo. <laughs> Six months ago, I said this is terrible, but at least I can understand the logic. Why you make me feel so stupid for not just t- telling the telling you're a bunch of idiots? This this you, you you just feel like do you have to be? Can you, can I just give you money for a product and you sell me that product and I'm happy with that product without feeling as though I've just let a, a let a dragon into my damn garage. Yeah, there's just some things that happen in the Android space and they come up, you know, frequently enough that you're like, ah, oh, really? You, you didn't learn from the last time? You didn't learn from that other manufacturer that did it? Why? You know, why Why do you have to go down this road? It just, yeah, I feel like just lining up all these, um, you know, maybe like the heads of product in each of these companies and be like, no, no, that's not how it works. And then you look at someone like Motorola who's doing all the right things and is now owned by Lenovo and you're like, Please, just please preserve what you have there. It's good. Don't ruin it. Don't put anything weird on my phone. You've you've got this one chance. Just to, you know, knock the ball out of the park. You can do it. Pat on the back. But there was like actually, I don't know if we're going to be we're moving off of Android Wear before. But before we start, we start getting really into how much we hate being exploited by handset manufacturers. I'm real. I've been so well waiting for the new Moto 360. It's like I've basically had cash money like 
in an envelope taped to the bottom of underside uh, my desk so that no matter what, I will have $270 uh, to, to go buy one of these things. Uh, and I, I will say that the leaks have been suspicious. Can we agree that... Well, guess, guess what, guys? I was in Chicago and I saw someone who seemed to have on the subway, and he didn't notice. And I got really close yeah, exactly. to the wrist, about he, like two centimeters away. He didn't then. notice me using my unreleased pre-alpha Motorola phone to, to take a picture of his wrist from multiple angles and perfect lighting and focus. Uh, but I mean, it look it. Uh, um, I don't. I can't tell from the scale whether it's any smaller than uh, than the existing one. But now the lugs. I mean, Russell, you're talking about how because they hid the lugs underneath the face to make accommodate smaller wrists. Now they have the lugs like on the outside, like a like a conventional watch. So it'll be easier to use like normal watch bands with it. Uh, it. It still has that like almost zero thickness bezel. It looks like that this at least the screen cover bulges out a little bit on the edges to make it easier to swipe in and swipe out from edges of the screen. Uh, still, apparently, again, like, that guy was just drunk and drunk and asleep because <laughs> that person was able to take photos that are good enough to ascertain that it still has the flat tire slice at the bottom of the screen. I've never I've never had a problem with that. I'm willing to say that this is affectionately called the slice. Uh, I, think that, I think you're perfectly okay to do that. Um, but really interested to see what the new features are going to be because... Like like I said earlier, I think it's the only it's the only uh, Android Wear watch available right now that is just a beautiful, pretty watch that doesn't look like I'm wearing a gadget thing on my wrist. And I, I have to explain to you why <laughs> I'm wearing this. No, no, I, I know it looks like something like like a movie prop from like Westworld in the 1970s. Their version of here's what futuristic computers look like. But you no, know, trust me, it really does work great. <laughs> I have to say, if we're going to be um... If we're going to be open and loving about Motorola, I might as well throw this out there as well. I'm super excited for the the next Moto 360 and the the slice, as you've affectionately called it, definitely looks a bit smaller. So I think that's that's a nice move. And also, um, I was reading some reviews of the new uh, what is it called, the Moto X Play, mm-hmm. and apparently the consensus is that the camera is good, huh, and that's yeah. that's the one thing that's been holding me back from you know buying or or using a the Motorola phone is like the camera is just like yeah. And by all accounts, you know, the one that's in the play is good. And so that hopefully means that the one that comes out in the style in a, a few weeks' time is, is going to be amazing <laughs> as well. And I really think we need to get them on board as a sponsor because right now yeah. I just want to hug Motorola and be like, thank we, you. We do keep thank saying so nice much. things about the company. <laughs> we're probably angering quite a few fans of other products. We're, we're sorry, people. I do like the um, the LG Watch R as well. I, I don't think it's very stylish. You know, it's very very heavy on the chrome. It's huge. But it it is a nice-looking watch, like as far as... I can wear this on my wrist and it doesn't look like I'm wearing a smartwatch. I think it also, you know, definitely falls into that category. Yeah, and hey, everyone mistakens my uh, Asus uh, Zen watch as the Apple watch, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I go, and is is that an Apple watch? And I'm like, no, it's uh, Android Wear. Oh, Android, Android, okay. And then, <laughs> then I have to tell them that Asus actually came out with the design before Apple Watch. And no, I'm just kidding. I don't go into that with people. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, you know, I do like my watch. I think like out of all the, the watches out there, at least right now that not version twos, but the original ones, uh, it's probably the most, uh, quote unquote feminine one. Um, cause, but there's, it's still ginormous. I like when I first got my Asus Zen watch, my friends would just laugh at me at work. They'd be <laughs> like, that watch is just this giant thing on your, on your wrist, but I embraced it, you know? <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, hopefully they can start making smaller ones soon. I, I, I'm sure that there are manufacturers working on it. As long as, you know, these things keep selling, I, I think they'll get there. So, Hopefully. hopefully. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I, I, so. I, I see the, my, the question is that one of the things you really appreciate about iOS, about, it, about iPhones and iOS devices, when you switch between the two of them, is that, my God, Apple just has power management locked down. They've got it straightened out because I've been going back to Android a couple of days at a time to test out things, and that's when I have to remind myself, oh, that's right. I'm not using a phone that can go absolutely a day and a half without without draining the battery. I'm going to have to, I've, gosh, I took it out of the charger at 9. It's almost noon. I'd better get this plugged in somewhere, somewhere. I know I haven't been using it at all, but I can I can feel this getting warm in my pocket because some app has given been given permission to keep throttling the GPS. And so I, I keep wondering if part of it isn't just that whatever uh, whatever Android Wear is running, the power management is just so wasteful that they can't put the kind of tiny battery in it that can be put inside a, a, an Apple Watch. It, it could be, and I mean on Android Wear, you've all, you've also got the the always on ambient mode, which. You know, despite that using less power, uh, powering up the screen is still still going to use some power. Like my LG Watch, I think I can get about a day and a half with that on. You can get a good three days, you know, if you turn that off. But it, it has a battery, you know, twice the size of the Apple Watch. So it's it's not a huge <laughs> achievement. But there, there is some good news on that front, Andy, with um, Android M. I've been uh, testing that in one of our Nexus phones. And it's it's not a new Nexus phone. You know, it's one we've had for a year and a half and the battery's starting to become a little bit suspect. But I installed Android M on that thing, you know, put all my regular apps on there that, that I use. And now you can actually put it down on the desk. You can pick it up at the end of the day and it has pretty much the same charge you left it with. And you're like, what is this voodoo? Yeah. You know, normally when we go to test, um, we have a good 30 or 40, you know, Android phones around the place. The, the, the rule is as soon as you want to test one, it's flat. It's like, oh, okay, got to charge this, got to charge this. With this one, you pick it up and you're like, oh, it's, it's still charged. That's weird. So if... If that ends up rolling out through, you know, all the various manufacturer versions and if people get updated to M and that is still a thing, I think that will be amazing. Like I think a lot of people will, will, will appreciate it. It's a simple thing, you know, put your phone down, come back two hours later, still charged. You know, you, you take that for granted sometimes, but yeah, that's going to be amazing. Yeah, I think with the Marshmallow update and then also the like turbocharging capabilities of Android phone for power, I think uh, Android is, is, is going to be a good competitor uh, for Apple. Yeah, I think the turbocharging is amazing as well. I got that with my S6, and I didn't realize there was a charger in the box. It had some fancy writing on it. I'm like, I've already got 100 of these. Like, <laughs> throw that out. And then Philip comes up all excited. He's like, oh, I plugged my Android phone in, and 15 minutes later, you know, I had 30% battery. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, there's a charger in the box. I'm like, really? And so I, I end up finding the box. I'm like, oh, so there is. And I plugged it in, and you get this little notification. It even tells you, I think, how long until it's fully charged. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. Like an hour and boom, you're finished. Now, do you use your turbo turbo charger like for every every time you charge, or do you? No, I only really use it if I'm in a pinch. So I have it in a cupboard at home. We have like this charging station, and if we're about to go somewhere in five minutes, and I'm down to you know twenty percent, I'll definitely whack it on there. But at night, I normally just put it on the the wireless charger, which is probably actually the slowest way to charge it. But you know, I'm sleeping for eight hours. So yeah, who cares? yeah, same here. <laughs> Although I, I do have to go like a midday charge for my Moto X, but <laughs> I bring my turbo turbo charger at work and, and do that because, yeah, it's terrible. It's just like it just consumes so much battery. I don't know what it's doing. <laughs> I need to figure it out. <laughs> that, that's, that's kind of the difference between like Android thinking and iOS thinking. 
where uh, a developer of an Android phone would say, wow, wireless charging, because it's, it's such a pain in the butt to, to keep something charged. What if we just have whatever you happen to leave it on, just fi figure out wherever you leave it, your, your desk, a nightstand, the end table, your living room, the desk in your office, and just put a wireless charger in all those places, and it will always be topped up, whereas the Apple approach would be, what if we were to actually fix the problem so that it isn't leaking quite so much power? <laughs> but having having an all day an, o, an OS and a battery that lasts all day plus wireless charging, that I, I have not lived the sort of clean and positive life to deserve that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I did want to discuss one of the interesting thing I've been seeing in the news quite a lot recently, and it's it's a, it's a fairly large topic. You you have um you've got Microsoft with their you know their Cortana thing that they they've been working on. You've got Apple with uh, Siri, and both companies are pushing really hard to get into the I guess you call it on demand information. You know Google calls it um, on tap the thing they unveiled at I/O, and it seems like the the competition competition in that space is really heating up. You know Google saying we've got this on tap thing. You know you. You hold down the button or you do whatever and you get contextual information. You know, Apple saying the same thing, um, Microsoft saying it as well. And then you have some really interesting moves from Microsoft where they're actually starting to release uh, some of their stuff on Android of all places like first. They're saying here's the beta version of you know, Cortana, here's the beta version of this thing. And they're, they're making a really solid push into, you know, okay, we, we're starting to accept that you may not have a Windows phone. You know, Not a lot <laughs> of people do, but a lot of people have Android phones. And guess what? Android is open enough that we can put this software on there and, and see how it goes. And the other interesting bit of news, I guess, that, that goes along with that is there was a story on Recode about the, you know, the original Google Now team that was put together and the 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 reported tension that went on between, you know, what they wanted to do and where Google, you know, wanted them to be because Google was saying, you know, we really need to put this, you know, with the search component and the, the team was saying, well, you know, it would actually be better if it was integrated with the rest of the the OS, and now there's, you know, I don't know how confirmed that this this is, but and now there's there's starting to be rumours that a lot of these the original team has actually left Google. You know, there's there's a few of them left, but uh, the majority of them actually moved on to to other things. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to get your thoughts on that. You know, on this this new sort of on-demand information thing that you know all three of these giant companies are pushing towards, and and how you think you know Google feels like? Are they more worried about Apple? Are they more worried about Microsoft? Like, who are you? Who are they taking on in that space? I don't really know. I mean, it's 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 weird that sometimes when you engineer a product to make it as open as possible and as customizable as possible for the user, you're really just leaving the, leaving parking spaces available for any competitor. Because really, I mean, if if Microsoft wanted to say, "Wow, that Samsung Galaxy S6 is a really nice phone," we think we think we would it would be lovely to co-op the entire thing from top to bottom so we're going to create the microsoft cortana kit for for every single android phone out there where you get a brand new launcher that looks like windows phone you get a brand new keyboard that looks like windows phone you get all these things that are replaced with notifications and alerts so that not only does it look as much like the windows 10 experience but whatever app you're running on android that was provided by microsoft is optimized so that it gets favored nation status inside this sort of thing and so given that it is still a windows world out there i mean as much as people uh so a lot of people crow about how oh geez you know microsoft is they've not made their any forays into mobile and windows is, is not really a os of the future it's still running you know close to 80, uh, 82, 83 percent of every desktop and laptop on the entire planet. So it's still kind <laughs> of a force out there. 
Uh, and so I, it's, I, I would wonder if they would simply say, we're going to give up on trying to create our own, our own real OS. We're just going to co-opt every other Android device. Um, and as you say, uh, Apple is making their first real foray into this in iOS 9, where, I mean, the, I've, I've always complained that the app launcher is just antique at this point. It really is. It's exactly the same as the, the yep. Newton message pad app launcher in the 1990s. Here's a grid of icons. Tap an icon to launch it. No, we won't help you organize it. No, you won't, we won't help you find stuff. Just keep scrolling. We'll keep adding more icons as you <laughs> in, install more, more stuff. And what I keep, what I've been begging for them to do is to give me a better launcher like what you can get on Android. But it seems as though their attitude is that we're going to keep the launcher the same. We're just going to work to add so many features to iOS 9 that it becomes irrelevant. We're going to make sure that whatever apps you are likely to launch are one swipe away from the top page, kind of like where Google Now would be. We're going to make sure we can suggest an app for you, uh, make, make sure the contacts are right there. We're going to make sure that uh, data can be surfaced uh, from outside apps. We can get at it. Again, that, that one little uh, page that's to swipe to the left from the top page. And that's what every single manufacturer is doing. And um, I've, if, if I were to come up with a list of the things that are essential to me about Android, the stuff I love about it, you know, uh, Google Now is definitely at the top of the list. It really should be like a crown jewel. And when you read this piece that uh, was posted on Recode about how they're feeling as though they're really not considered a priority and that they can have better opportunities elsewhere, in some cases, you know, with Microsoft and with Apple, my God, it's, it's like, You've got a rocket ship. You've got a spaceship. You've got a machine that can land on the moon. You should fuel it up and use it because it's a good thing to have, and very few people have those things. Yeah, and it's one of the things that drew me into Android originally. You know, um, I, I I put my SIM card into a phone, and I, I said, yeah, sure, I'll try this Google Now thing. And the, the things it would do were, were subtle but amazing, and I, I really can't believe that if they had the opportunity to uh, to push that further and integrate it more, that they didn't just... You know, just like you say, Andy, fuel up the rocket ship, three, two, one, go. Just just go as hard as you can because that that was their massive competitive advantage. You know, Microsoft didn't have those capabilities um, back then. Apple certainly didn't have those capabilities back then. Both companies were working towards that point, but I, I feel like Google had a you know a good two year head start on everybody. And it's it's entirely possible that you know later this year it'll turn out that they've squandered that that head start, and now that everyone is in the same place. Yeah, I really, I really hope not. I was really surprised when I also read that article because it's like, yeah, they announced it at Google I.O. They talked it up on Now on Top. And you were and I, like, for me, that's probably was the most exciting uh, feature that was coming out um, with the new uh, release. And so when I heard that, like, most of the team had left from the original team, I was I was really surprised. Um, yeah. And like you, you mentioned, Russell, like the it seems like the biggest uh, reason of for, for them uh, leaving was that Google Now was being brought into like the search, Google search, instead of being uh, focused on just on Android and being the, like the, the mobile first um, focus. And so, yeah, that, so that's interesting. I, I guess I've always seen Google Now a part of Google search. Like, obviously, the Google Now still provides a lot of uh, really amazing information, like how long it takes you to get to work and, you know, um, all these, all these cool things like that. But I guess it's, I've also see it kind of a part of the search because, you know, if I'm searching for a specific topic, 
Google now will put that, you know, those stories as they get updated or new stories. Like for instance, I think I recently posted a picture of, uh, it was the stories that Google now had recommended to me. And it was like Motorola, you know, Moto X and like, then <laughs> they know, they know me. They know. Yeah. It was all, it was all nerd stuff. And it was like Wonder Woman. And I was like, yes, I like Wonder Woman too. <laughs> and then there was one that said food s'mores. <laughs> And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> wow, they, they even went through our podcast. And so I was laughing because I was like, oh, look, a non-nerd story. And then I go, no, that one's related to new nerd story as well, because it was based on the <laughs> Android uh, operating system. And so, yeah, I, I, I guess I think that they work best when they're all tied together. But of course, I'm not on the team and I don't know like how everything played out. But with that being said, I really, really hope that they keep all that information like about Android and all the information they have on your phone in there and not just make it a really um, smart search, you know, it's just providing you that information and, and that you need based on context of where you are and what you're doing. I'm, I'm definitely the same because, to, well, it's slightly different as well because I've always thought of it more as a personal assistant and not not necessarily one with a personality. So it's not Siri where it um, gives you funny jokes and it talks back to you, but more as here's all this information that you might need. And my job as your digital personal assistant is to organize this information and surface it to you, you know, at, at a time when you need it. And I, I still see it like that. Like I hope Google now continues more in that direction. And it seems like some parts of now on tap definitely are about that. And I'd be really disappointed if they said, no, well, yeah, it's about that, but it's also about, you know, trying to predict what you're going to search for before you search for it. Now everything is is part of search. I think that would be that would be a more you know disappointing direction to head in. Yeah, I guess I'm still hoping that search will enhance that mobile experience, but hopefully it does not. Yeah, it doesn't overtake it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the other interesting thing from a developer perspective is, like we were saying in last week's show, now tap is still you know the tap is off. They're they're not turning that on until uh, the consumer release of the operating system. So. All we really have to go on is what they showed us at Google I.O. And I haven't seen, Andy probably has to remain quiet here if, if he has, <laughs> but I, I haven't seen any other versions of it. You know, I don't know at what point they're going to start giving it to reporters. I don't know at what point they're going to be telling us more about it. But for now, it's still, you know, very much wait and see. I, I had one other funny experience this morning. I was on the, the way to work. I was rushing to to get to this podcast. And I noticed that Apple has a new thing in iOS 9 where they now send you notifications about traffic. And I thought it was from Google Maps. It said, you know, the, the main road into Adelaide's clear, 32 minutes. I'm like, wow, that's that's unusual for 7.30. And I tapped it and it took me to Apple Maps. I'm like, no. <laughs> and then I w- w- went over to um, Google Now and Google Now was like, no, it's 42 minutes yeah. down that road. Yeah. I'm like, hmm, who, who do I trust more? I think it's it's going to be Google. We're going to go the other way. So they still have a... You know, a lead in some places. Yeah, so sometime soon we're, we're, we've got to wrap up the show, but I mean, sometime, some, in a future show we should talk about like uh, Android Auto and it's like you you use the maps feature. <laughs> it's, if if there's one way to sell people on Android Auto as opposed to like <laughs> the Apple system, it's now on this on the Android version. You have a Maps app that has been built by a company that's been nothing but focused that sort of created this category and spends trillions of dollars every second trying to understand where traffic is and how to get people around it. On the Apple side, well, they didn't have a map product till a couple of years ago. Uh, they're not re- if you if you ask for it to find a place for ice cream nearby, it might be two miles away. Might be in Scotland. It's <laughs> they haven't really heard about a whole lot of different places for ice cream. 
exactly. I, I once had an experience where we, we have a store chain over here called um, The Good Guys and we have about three or four of them in Adelaide. I'm like, you know, take me to the nearest Good Guys, Siri. And she's like, yeah, no problems. Uh, the nearest one is here. And then the map loads. It's 1,200 kilometers away <laughs> in Sydney. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not going on a 15-hour drive, but, but thanks, thanks yeah. for suggesting it's, it's, that. It's a subtle problem just, just to, before the podcast. Um, I cooked a steak in the sous vide, and I can't remember whether it's whether what, what the right temperature is to set the machine at for for a steak. And so, what's the? That's like okay, Shlomo. Hey, Shlomo. Again, not wanting to activate it for for people who are listening. <laughs> hey, hey, Shlomo. What uh, what is the temperature of sous vide uh, uh, sous vide steak? And then waits for about five seconds. Say the current temperature is seventy four degrees. <laughs> okay it's you, you decided to ignore a whole bunch of words that were kind of important there siri i i'm, I'm glad you I, i'm glad that you think that you're happy with that result i'm not going to make you mad because i have to cook a steak yeah i would say google's definitely uh quicker at giving you all that information when i was visiting my my friend uh she has the apple watch and she was like oh, i wonder if i should bring a jacket out today and she's like trying to go through all of her apps to find the weather app on the, on her Apple Watch. And then so I was like, okay, material, what's the weather? <laughs> and they told me, and I was like, here's your weather. Yeah, bring a jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Boom. I actually really want a weather app. So if someone, developers, if you're out there, please design this, develop this, and I will beta test it. But I just want to know, like, give me, instead of just giving me the temperature, tell me, Hey, Yasmin, it's going to be blah, blah, blah degrees. You should bring a light jacket or no, yeah. you're going to melt outside. Do not bring that extra jacket or whatever. If you could give me that information, I will be so happy because numbers mean nothing to me unless there's like something in, in context. But you know what? In Arizona, it's like always hot. So that's why maybe numbers are just like don't mean anything to me. <laughs> Sorry, Russell. Or sorry, Russell. Andy, what were you going to say? No, no. I was just. I was. I was looking at Android Wear watch faces the other day, and just the, the ones that really impressed me are the kinds that are just that kind of clever. Where there's a watch face that um, uh, that just simply says like, uh, "There's the time, tiny, but understands like what your next appointment is." And so, in big letters, however, it says it is 41 minutes until lunch with your sister, and that's the watch face, and not like calendar icon and then whatever you wrote it's like eh, it's gonna <laughs> yeah. be you got 48 minutes into the, and that i'm sure there's if i kept if if this category weren't so badly organized if there isn't a watch face like that that is just simply here are two nice analog hands over in nice big friendly helvetica letters you're gonna need a jacket this afternoon or holy crap traffic on i-95 is hellacious you know here's here's <laughs> here's here's a yelp review of a nearby restaurant because you don't want to have to drive and drive during that have to <laughs> Get a burger. <laughs> I am I'm all for that. I think that would be awesome. And so, Andy, I know that you've been uh, experimenting with uh, baking some pizzas. Are they baking them, or are you putting them in the? Are you putting them in the oven, right? Uh, yes. I know you've been having so much fun uh, making those pizzas, but actually, one of our material podcast listeners just sent us a Domino's, uh, you know, app on the Android Wear. That allows you to quickly order a pizza from Domino's uh, from your watch, which yeah. is pretty cool. I know you're probably I mean, a it's, pizza it's, it's snob. Cool, but it's, no, no, no. I don't. I, I'm not. A, I'm not a pizza snob at all. I've made three pizzas in my entire life, all of them since Friday. So I'm not a snob at all. I'm just amazed that 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 if you have this thing in your oven, it's very easy to make them. All I'm saying is that there is a lifestyle that involves washing yourself with a rag on a stick. 
Not because you don't have mobility, but because you feel it's like, wow, I just saved myself a trip to the bathroom. And I feel like, damn, I, I, I want to have the most fattening, horrible, calorie-filled food whatsoever, but I don't want to have to get out of bed and pick and find the phone and dial it. What if I just have a device strapped to my wrist at all times so I can just press a button and, oh, is, is there a way that I can just also, do they have drone delivery? Can I just like leave a window open? Because, ah, oh, damn, I haven't solved the problem of, all I'm saying is I don't believe that this is the sort of app that realizes the fantastic society impacting potential of wearable electronics. It is maybe the opposite of the 45 minutes that Apple spent in their September keynote last year talking about how this will help you lead a healthier, more active fit lifestyle. Well, Andy, you're forgetting that there's already a watch face out there that's shaped like a pizza, a pizza, a piece of pizza, and it navigates you to the nearest pizza place. So you know what? You know, you can't say Android doesn't care about your health. I mean, it's Domino's, man. Uh, it's it's that that's a that's a Russell. Do you have Domino's in in, in your country, or was that some sort of like like building? Was that sort of like a UNESCO heritage site that we're not allowed to have Domino's pizza <laughs> in this beautiful unbespoiled no, landscape? We 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 still have Domino's. A, a few brands like Starbucks tried to come uh, to South Australia and failed miserably, but mm-hmm. Domino's took off. It turns out that when you charge only four dollars for your pizza, like people want it. Yeah. Starbucks it's, didn't like, last yeah. in. In Australia? No. How? They, they, well, they still have a few stores, I think, in Sydney, but they, they tried to roll that out and it just did not work here at all. But Domino's took off. And I think the reason it took off is because every Tuesday or whatever they have, you know, buy two pizzas for $5. And people are like, well, I'm hungry and my standards are pretty low right now. So, uh, yeah, let's do this thing. Well, now you have a watch face to order it from. Win-win. <laughs> win-win. <laughs> I'm not sure that is a win-win, but that's all you need. Sure, man. If not, you say so. Not only are they delivering bad pizza to your house, but you're also told now when you open it, open the box facing away from you in case there are spiders, venomous spiders inside it. <laughs> Small portions of pizza may be missing, but that's that's normal. The local wildlife uh, have to have to eat somehow. Well, you know what? All this talk is making me hungry, and I think I'm going to go grab some food. So. We want to thank everyone for listening to Material. Andy, where can people follow your pizza pizza oven skills? You're making it sound like I'm obsessed with pizza. All I did was <laughs> I, I selfishly, tw- <laughs> given that it was like my first pizza making, and I knew that a lot of my friends, like, I, I was looking forward to them, like, sort of jumping in and correcting me. Uh, and if, 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 if not for my Twitter account, I would not even have this, uh, this thing called a baking steel. Because as soon as I said, <laughs> oh, I bought on Amazon this, like, cheap uh, pizza oven. A pizza pizza stone, uh, and so just by simply tweeting out, here's step one. I've got I've managed to simply transfer it from one place to another. That's, so I'm I'm saying that's not going to be what, what I'm to answer your question. Uh, most most of the time, you just go to Anatko on Twitter at Anatko I H N is Nancy A T K O, and you'll see links to things I've written for the Sun Times and other places and podcasts that I'm doing, and also maybe pizzas that I am making. Again, I've only made three pizzas in my life, two of them on the same night because I made I. Should have, I realized after making the first one on Friday, I should have like cut the dough into like two separate uh, sub pizzas that were easier to handle. So I made two small pizzas on Sunday. So technically, it's like a pizza and a half I made, maybe two pizzas. <laughs> we're not tasty, judging though. you, Andy. We're we're happy for you. We want to share the I love could, of I pizza to the world. I really wish that? I could believe that. And we're also trying to downplay the rumors that you're moving to Chicago, which I, I believe is the home of pizza. Did I get that right? New York or Chicago? Um, 
their battle. Uh, having having yeah. having solved the racial divides within our country, we mostly fight now about the differences between New York style and Chicago style and other styles of pizza, apparently. Yeah. Uh, I hear that's what the, all the gang violence is about these days. <laughs> We're looking forward to, in 34 years' time, having a whole bunch of bronze memorials in town squares so people don't know who this person was, but apparently they're holding up a slice of pizza for some sort of victory that some lobbying group decided was worth commemorating. Behold, it is deep pan. Yeah, we, we're, very, we're very strange people, Russell. Maybe you should not come over here. Very strange. <laughs> deeply strange people. Oh, there goes the tourism board as well. We just oh lost them my gosh, we are burning all the bridges. Russell, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Rusty Shelf on Twitter, just uh, all one word. And uh, you know what? I'm going to have to endeavor to make some kind of food between now and next week because I, I feel very, uh, very inadequate. You know, I haven't, I haven't been putting any pictures of food on there. It's just boring tech stuff. But uh, I'm going to go mainstream between now and next week. So you got to look out for that. And I'm at Yasmin Evian on Twitter. And you can find me, uh, you know, just testing new things, finding my, my coworkers, talking them into trying out new features on Android with me or bugging Russell, um, you know, to, to beta test something with me. So we want to thank everyone for listening. You can find us on Twitter at, at Material Podcasts. Or you can email us feedback at materialpodcast at gmail.com or visit our website at relay.fm forward slash material. Until next time, stay in material and eat some pizza or burritos or whatever you want. Just have fun. If you give me the. If you give me that. So if you don't know uh, the story behind this, uh, Sam, some uh, Samsung users, you, here we go again with the users. <laughs> customers. Some Samsung customers, owners, owners. Customers. Customers, owners, users. <laughs> Sheep. Victims. <laughs> Meat. I'm going, I'm going from a, a staff memo internally to Samsung after translating it to English.